Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Here's today's spoken edition of Wired. Presented by the Salvation Army. Join the fight for good and donate by saying, Alexa, make a donation if you're listening to Alexa. Or go to SalvationArmyUSA.org to make a gift. One year in, the real work begins for Uber CEO by Jesse Hempel. Dara Kosroch Shahi stands in the wings of an airy, modern corporate event space in Manhattan's Chelsea neighborhood. It's the first anniversary of his taking the CEO reins at the iconic ride-sharing company, and he's celebrating like a Silicon Valley suit with a set of product announcements. Men dressed in black are serving avocado toastettes, tiny scoops of salmon tartar, and caramelized onion and cheese biscuits to a crowd of journalists filling in a dozen rows of blonde oak chairs. At exactly 10.30, the thumping of the bass softens, and he springs up to the stage looking like the most boring tech executive in the room. Jeans, black wingtips, a suit jacket over a white button-down shirt, no tie. I'm officially no longer a rookie CEO, he declares, and there's no place I'd rather be. Khosrow Shahi has been perfecting his brand of boring for 365 days, and adhering to brand... He's using this anniversary to promote a new set of safety features. It's a bit like serving spinach and broccoli at a children's birthday party. To my right is a museum of exhibits dedicated to them. There's the ride check feature, set to roll out in pilots later this year, which provides tools for Uber to check on riders and drivers when it detects an accident, and follow up afterward with a phone call, among other things. There's a hands-free feature that lets drivers accept rides and communicate with passengers with voice messaging. Uber has also added two-step verification for accounts and expanded its 911 integration to several new cities. And it's taking steps to better protect passenger safety by concealing specific pickup and drop-off addresses and providing approximations of locations to drivers. They're smart and necessary changes, Changes, one Uber employee points out to me, that Lyft hasn't made, but none seem exceptional. These are the types of features one should expect of a ride-sharing company valued at $72 billion, 
that aims to vault themselves into everyone's subconscious as the definitive app for arranging all types of future transportation. The event, like most corporate product launches, is just more than thirty minutes. No one mentions hashtag boycott Didi, the social media hashtag that took off in China last week as people deleted the Chinese ride-sharing app after one of its drivers raped and murdered a young female passenger. Uber owns seventeen point seven percent of Didi Chuxing. No one brings up concerns about women's safety generally. Instead, they keep the conversation upbeat, focused on both accountability and privacy for riders and for drivers. Kosro Shahi has been on a first anniversary media tour this week, and after the event, we grabbed a few minutes to chat. Kosro Shahi understands implicitly that he is the best face of Uber's future, reliable and dependable. He's a guy who makes dad jokes and tends to stay on message. But as much as Kosro Shahi has cleaned up the company's culture and addressed some of its emergencies, Uber is far from the market leader it was two years ago. For Kosro Shahi to grow Uber into a company that is worth the figure at which it is valued, and can make good on its promise to be the de facto transportation application for bikes, buses, scooters, and any other here to there alternative, he will need to confront some significant challenges in the year to come. Self-driving technology. After a fatal crash in March, Uber paused its self-driving program and shuttered its Phoenix testing site. Before resuming driving in manual mode with human drivers on public streets in Pittsburgh in mid-July, in late August, Toyota invested five hundred million dollars in Uber for a partnership that will combine the Toyota's car-making expertise with Uber's autonomous tech and ride-hailing platform. The companies have announced plans to develop self-driving Toyota Sienna minivans and deploy them on Uber's network starting in 2021. The company will continue to partner with other companies as well, he tells me. But the very expensive question remains: What's Uber's end game with self-driving technology? The longer it restricts its testing, the farther behind its peers, namely Google's Waymo, it falls. Kosro Shahi wants to make it clear he's committed to continuing to build the technology, rather than simply partnering with other companies. There are very few companies you can count them on one hand that have the operational technology capabilities that we do, he says, and we have the advantage of building self-driving under the same roof. We know what it takes in terms of the skill sets of a human driver to operate our network, and we can translate that into a self-driving or robot driver, so to speak, on our networks as well. Leanne Hornsey's replacement. Uber's human resources chief resigned in July after concerns emerged that she'd systematically dismissed complaints of race-based discrimination. We're actively looking for a chief people officer, Kosro Shahi says. We're making sure that we look at a diverse slate, but you know, people are a huge part of what we do, and we need leadership there. Drivers, no matter how much Uber improves its app and the safety features are part of that push. Many of its drivers are still balancing many apps as they look to make the most income. There's a limited number of drivers, and they need to make a living. In early August, in Uber's first big lobbying setback, New York City Council approved several bills that, in addition to a number of other things, put a cap on the number of ride-sharing vehicles for a year while the city studies their impact, and allow New York to set a minimum pay rate, further squeezing Uber and potentially setting a precedent for other cities. Uber fought aggressively against the measure, and a spokesperson told the Wall Street Journal, 
after the fact that the company will do whatever it takes to keep up with growing demand. Lyft. There was a time not so long ago that Lyft didn't factor on Uber's radar. In mid-2016, the New York Times reported Lyft was searching for a buyer. But Uber's great stumble has become Lyft's good fortune. As analyst Ben Thompson wrote in Stratechery, as long as drivers are independent contractors, Uber can't do anything to prevent them from multi-homing, that is, being available on both Uber and Lyft's networks at the same time. Drivers often use multiple apps and will go where the riders go, and, as the tumult of last year unfolded, riders went to Lyft. Writes Thompson, Lyft was ready and able to absorb unhappy Uber riders because they were effectively using Uber's drivers to accommodate them. Uber is slowly starting to shed its image as a toxic company run by an impulsive bellicose bro, but now it has problems unrelated to image and branding. It's trying to compete in a saturated market in the run-up to an initial public offering. Any misstep or failure to anticipate a market turn might spell disaster. In this context, the safety improvements are significant to Uber. They stand to further differentiate Uber's service from those of its competitors and potentially to win the loyalty of those who worry about getting into a car with someone they haven't met. And they signal to cities that Uber is a responsible service, capable of contributing to public safety, perhaps softening relationships with regulators over time. It's clear Khosra Shahi has a vision for what Uber can be, and a strategy for how he hopes to get there. But if the first year involved fixing the dramatic problems of Uber's past, his second year must be dedicated to charting a course for its future. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.